0: Hello and welcome to Accessible Airwaves on CGSW 90.9 FM
1: This program is dedicated to the education and exploration of disabled life
2: Giving voice to the life and experience of people with disabilities
1: We cover a wide array of issues and disabilities
2: We are people who discuss issues we are passionate about And topics we are interested in We show how disability is in the mind
0: of the beholder. I'm your host, Renee Kaiser, for this month's episode. Our first interview is with Michael, interviewing Andrea Van Vuitt, discussing about the upcoming Disability Pride Parade. The Disability Pride Parade will be taking place on Sunday, June 9th at 11am, located at Bankers Hall, 315th 8th Ave, Southwest. To get more information about the Disability Pride Parade, you can visit their website at www.disabilitypridealberta.com.
1: You're about to listen to an interview with Andrea from Disability Pride, Alberta. Her body contains a vagus nerve stimulator, which is designed to reduce and manage her seizure symptoms. Please be aware her voice can change every five minutes or so. No need to adjust your speakers or dials. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for tuning in to CJSW 90.9 FM. Hello, Accessible Airwaves. I am Michael, and I'm interviewing Andrea Van Vucht, and she's the founder of Disability Pride Alberta and the website. She proudly hosts an annual parade through the streets of downtown Calgary that's happening this weekend. Welcome again to the show.
3: Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me.
1: Not a problem. So for our first question, just put simply, what is Disability Pride Alberta? Uh,
3: Disability Pride Alberta Foundation is an organization that connects and empowers the disability community. Our mission is to build community and create connections through celebration, education, and empowerment. It's about celebrating diversity and inclusion and everything that we have in common.
1: Wow, that's interesting. So it's awesome to read the stories on your website. They are an inspiration to anyone who reads them. Could you tell me a little bit more about how your website and social media presence is connecting with others?
3: Of course. So our website is disabilitypridealberta.com, and you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Disability Pride Alberta. One of the ways we use our website and social media presence is to share disability stories We invite members of the disability community to write about disabilities, maybe make art about disabilities, just share their stories about disabilities. The public response to these have been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, The stories are educational tools and they allow members of the community to learn about different disabilities in a very human and real way. The stories build empathy and grow our community's capacity to understand each other. Media has a really powerful way of molding people's attitudes. So let's show the media people with disabilities. Uh, Also, we have information about the Disability Pride Alberta Foundation, pictures from fun events, uh, things that we've taken uh, part in, like International Day of Persons with Disabilities. We also have a link to this year's Disability Pride event. Uh, We share about what the words disability and pride mean for people. For example, uh, we asked Albertans what disability and what pride mean to them. Some of the answers we got were disability is a different way of doing something. Pride is comfortable and open. Disability is surgery. Pride is taking the risk. Disability is something to be proud of. Pride is breaking down barriers. I think the word Disability and Pride have been a bit confusing for some people because the Disability Pride Parade sometimes gets mistaken for the LGBTQ plus Pride Parade. But we're okay with that. Uh, it starts the conversation. They've been incredibly successful in creating awareness for uh, the LGBT community, and we welcome the association. Having Pride is about releasing limits and celebrating yourself. Pride is powerful, We stand behind it, and we welcome any and all to join us, loud and proud. Secondly, uh, the two words aren't often seen together, disability and pride. For me, the two words mean having epilepsy and loving myself. I'm not proud that I have seizures, of course. I'm a disabled person affected by seizures, and I'm fantastic, and that's disability pride.
1: I totally agree with that. So... On to the next question. What is happening in Calgary this weekend on June the 9th? That runs from 11 to 2 p.m. What are some of the things that will be happening during that time? And can you give a brief outline of these events in case people aren't, can't come to the for the full three hours? Sure. So June the 9th is
3: Calgary's second annual Disability Pride Parade and celebration. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. At 10.30 a.m., participants will gather uh, outside of Banker's Hall. The parade begins at 11 a.m. when we're going to walk and roll and stroll down to Olympic Plaza. The parade uh, goes for about four blocks and will last 10 minutes or more. We encourage participants to dress with bright colors and bring signs and banners. Um, There's going to be some music as people come into Olympic Plaza and people can dance and boogie to that. Also, there will be some water and and some snacks, something like granola bars and oranges. So, I mean, you can come for the parade and leave. You can stay at Olympic Plaza. You can do whatever you please.
1: That's actually interesting. Healthy lunch there. So who is coming to this event, and any special speakers or special guests?
3: Yeah, you bet. So uh, our MC is named Ken. He's part of uh, a music group called the Heebie-Jeebies. We have disability activist Karen Dollywall, uh, Elder Kelly Good Eagle will give a blessing. Uh, we're hoping that Mayor Nenshi will stop by to say hello. And for special guests, can I get a drum roll? All of you, yeah. The event is about uh, the people—people people with and without disabilities. So, sharing space, dancing, connecting, and celebrating with each other.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Um, so can you tell me more about the musicians coming and do they have a disability? A disability?
3: Well, there's Heather Blush and the Uppercuts. Uh, they'll be playing in a duo format on the occasion. So Heather Blush and Steve Hazlett are a Calgary-based band that have toured across Canada, and they're working on their third album. It's going to be released in 2020. They play mostly original root music with a bit of blues jazz flair. They also perform for a children group, or for children, as a uh, rattle and strum, so they'll have some of those songs. Uh, neither of them have a disability, but Heather is formerly trained as a music therapist, and she's worked with many clients with all kinds of disabilities. Also, there's going to be a performer named Jay Ross. He's been creating and performing music in and around Cal- in and around Canada actually for several years. So uh, he's a prominent fixture fixture in urban music scene, and will be sharing some of his music that day. Uh, As far as disabilities, Jay Ross is legally blind, so he's been legally blind since his 20s. You can actually check out our website, and he tells a little bit about his disability story. And finally, the STAR program. So the STAR program uh, were there last year, too. They're a division of the Youth Singers of Calgary. Uh, It's a special program for young people with disabilities who want to sing. You're going to love him.
1: Wow, that's a nice program that the Youth Singers of Calgary do for the community. So, why is the physical act of walking, rolling, or just being in the street so important to this cause?
3: That's a great question. I love that question uh It's important for the disability community to be seen, so the container is just as important as the contents, and we need to promote ourselves. If you're not connected to the disability community in some way, then it can be easy to forget that there are all sorts of people out there in the world with different abilities. We want our society to be as inclusive and connected as possible, so we need to make sure that the voice of the disability community gets heard, and we're inviting everyone to take part. We're not looking for a pity party, just a party.
1: That's interesting that you're inviting people here in Calgary to do this event. So can you share to the listeners where this event is taking place in Calgary and where can the listeners find the event? Sure.
3: So Stephen Avenue, uh, right outside of Bankers Hall. Then we're going to go towards Olympic Plaza. Uh, There are over 50 amazing volunteers helping us out on event day. Our volunteers can point you in the direction, uh, the right direction, if you have some issues figuring it out. There'll be Calgary Police, Fire Department, EMS on site to keep us uh, safe. We have a special space at the back of the parade that is a little bit quieter for people that have sensory challenges. Uh, It's not too far uh, to get there from the train line. You can also uh, connect with us online if you have some questions about the where and the why and the how.
1: Wow, that is interesting. So... I wanted to talk about our disabilities for a moment. Can you share a fact about your disability that others might not immediately recognize upon meeting you? Then I will share some of mine. Sure. So, as I said,
3: I have epilepsy. Uh, but not only do I have epilepsy, I'm also a cyborg. Do you know what a cyborg
1: is? No, what is a cyborg? I'm a part robot. <laughs> nice.
3: Yeah. I have a device in my body called the vagus nerve stimulator that acts like a pacemaker for my brain. So I'm not sure if you've noticed, but every five minutes it activates and my voice changes a little bit. What about your disability?
1: Um, so my disabilities are Asperger slash ADD slash PDD NOS, which is basically which makes other people unique by having them learn maybe things differently or thinking outside the box and having a excellent source of memory. Memory is a good one. That is true, it is. So how do others treat a you upon revealing your disability and how do you feel?
3: You know what? Uh, Everyone reacts a little bit differently. Most people actually just want to ask me some questions because they're curious and would like to learn more. I feel good about sharing it because it means that if I was to have a seizure, they know what's happening and it's uh, less frightening. Also, it changes the idea of epilepsy because now they know a person named Andrea that has epilepsy. It doesn't mean that it isn't a little bit embarrassing sometimes, but that's okay.
1: Okay, so did we miss anything on the Disability Pride Alberta event?
3: One of the main things is that everyone's welcome. You don't need to have a disability to take part. We want to celebrate and empower the disability community, and movements like this take people. The disability community is a marginalized group that anyone may become part of at any time in their life. The number of people with disabilities in Canada is one in seven. So let's be inclusive and empathetic and spread the word about disabilities.
1: Okay, so what are some hurdles that you believe still exist for the disability community?
3: Uh, Michael, the huge one for me is education. So I believe that education about disabilities should be mandatory in kindergarten to grade 12 curriculum. The more educated people are about disabilities the more empathetic and supportive they'll be with the disability community. Secondly, it's important for different components of the disability community to connect and support each other. The disability community is large and diverse. Uh, Like you and I were speaking, our, our disabilities are very different, but we both have that word disability in common. Our voices are louder when we stand together. That's one of the things we hope to achieve with the Disability Pride Parade, uh, bringing communities together.
1: I totally agree with that. So hopefully by having a strong number of participants, people can see the impact and frequency of disabilities that make up our communities. As a city, are we doing our part to ensure an accessible and safe community?
3: I want to say yes, because look at us in this conversation that we're having. Of course, uh, there's a lot, that needs to change and and we need to still grow, but growth takes time. It takes awareness and education, and that's what you and I are doing right now. We each do our part by spreading the word and taking an active interest in creating safe and accessible communities. We're headed in the right direction and inclusion and in starts inclusion starts with each of us.
1: Okay, so thank you for uh, for joining me again on accessible areas Andrea.
3: Can I add one thing? You can. Thanks for being a great interviewer, Michael. Accessible Airwaves is a fantastic show that provides insights and information into disability culture. You are a true example of the adage, nothing about us without us. So uh, you and Adam and Ryan, keep up the good work and continue to give a voice to the disabled. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: Our next interview is with myself interviewing Jen Morton the program's co-director for the STARS program associated with the Youth Seniors of Calgary. We discuss the important foundation of the STARS program and how it gives people with all types of disabilities a chance to shine. For more information of the STARS program and the Youth Seniors of Calgary, you can visit their website at www.youthseniors.org. Thanks for listening to another interview with Accessible Airwaves. I'm here with Jen Morton, the co-director and instructor for the STARS program with the Youth Seniors of Calgary. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. So I just have a few questions to discuss about the STAR program. Could you tell me how STAR got started and a little bit about the Youth Singers of Calgary?
2: Absolutely. So the Youth Singers of Calgary is a large show choir organization that has been operating in the city here for over 30 years. Yousinger serves individuals from preschool age range well into senior adulthood. There's divisions uh, that include all different age groups, fostering a love of music and dance, and it's a really exciting place place to be. And I myself, um, as well as my co-director, actually came through the program years ago uh, when we were younger, and uh, a special needs division was something that wasn't specifically targeted at that time. And we were thinking about the fact that it would be wonderful to be able to bring the you Singer experience to a group of individuals who might not otherwise be able to participate in the typical curriculum. And that was really the motivation for STAR. Music is such an influential and passionate thing and there are so many of us that love it and we wanted to be able to share that um, with individuals of a variety of diagnoses um, that could enjoy it on a scale that was appropriate for them.
0: That's awesome. I also wanted to know how did the name STAR came to be and how did you figure out that name for the program?
2: Oh, that's a fun question. Uh, Well, a lot of the divisions within you Singers will have a name or will be an acronym of some sort. And when we were sitting down to think about this group and what maybe it could be called within the organization, STAR was something that just kind of came about from a few different conversation points and whatnot. And STAR actually stands for Special Talents in Arts and Recreation. So that is what STAR sort of represents and how we sort of view it for um, the people that we have participating in it. That's
0: awesome. What sorts of programs does STAR offer for new members and returning members?
2: Okay, so STAR itself um, has three different sessions that comprise the program. So right now, we... Rehearse on Monday evenings, and we have three different session time slots. Two, uh, they're one hour in length, I should mention that. Um, Two back to back sessions that would offer programming for individuals between the ages of nine and 18, and then we have a young adult session uh, that is for 18 and older, that is our last. Class of the night. Uh, so Mondays are a busy, a busy night for us at You Singers with our star group. Um, but we have a lot of fun, and within our rehearsal settings, we learn a variety of songs, uh, choreography to go with those songs. We do games and different activities that just have it be a really fun, comfortable, and safe environment to enjoy music, but also to learn repertoire throughout our season. Uh, We also have a few performances um, that we uh, work within our program year. So we have a winter performance, sort of a a Christmas performance that we do in December, as well as a year-end performance that we do in June every year. So we've got that coming up on June 10th.
0: That sounds great. So with the program itself, are participants able to pick what they want to do, or is there a certain layout that they can all try something or experience something new if they'd never tried it before?
2: Right, that's a great question. So um, in terms of, you know, what participants are able to access when they come to program, we are a show choir. So to some extent, you know, us as directors, you uh, know, our team, we have an artistic team of four, sort of myself and my co director, Dave, as well as two program assistants, Ashley and Jesse, that work closely uh, within the classes. So we do offer sort of the, the templated program in some respects, um, in terms of the songs that we're going to be learning throughout the year and whatnot. Those are things that are selected by us. But what we do is really check in with our participants to see what kind of music they're interested in and what kinds of things motivate them. And we try and incorporate those ideas uh, into the activities that we do uh, within the group. Um, We're not always able to work solely from individual participant um, led uh, ideas, but we want to incorporate what what they enjoy into what it is that we're offering offering uh, throughout the course of our, our, you know, our 10-month program. Mm-hmm. We will sometimes work with instruments and things like that, um, rhythm instruments, different sort of costuming things, like that, you know, those kinds of things to offer some different experiences. But it really does operate in a show choir format. So we're working on songs that everybody is working on together.
0: That's great. I also wanted to know what types of skills and talents will members learn throughout their time at
2: STAR? So, you know, everybody's love of music is pretty unique, and everybody's sort of skill base uh, tends to be uh, their own as well when they come to a program like STAR. Some people have had previous experience with dance or with singing. Some people just love singing along with the radio and the car, but haven't had any formal experience or training. So you know what? We really want to just foster and facilitate that love of music. And I think that our individuals, though, do gain skills at working together in a group, sort of listening and following instructions, singing together, being able to learn coordinated movement together, move in a comprehensive group with a set sort of dance routine. And over the time that we have been doing STAR, Renee, we've been really excited to see that musical skills have developed and retained with our participants. We don't have a set goal that we say, you will learn X, Y, or Z if you come to star, right? Some people have varying senses of pitch or varying abilities with their ear and singing and things like that. So it can, you know, it can be individual as to what actual skill sets um, look like. But We are definitely working on a variety of music and movement and rhythm skills that we see take hold and develop in our individuals over time. That's
0: great. I also know that you mentioned that there's two separate groups, one for younger kids and ones who are 18 and older. Is the program kind of different with age as they grow or is it the same or a bit different?
2: You know that's a great question. Uh, there are some differences I would say in our es- uh, in our session for our older individuals, in that maybe the complexity of some of the material uh, changes a little bit um, with some increased experience and maturity. Some of our participants who are a little bit older are able to uh, learn perhaps a slightly. Uh, harder set of lyrics, uh, music, dance steps, whatnot. I would say the general theme or tone to what we do in STAR is quite similar from group to group. We seem to have it catered to uh, a level of functioning that in my experience has worked very well for our participants. So I would say there's similarity between all three groups, but we definitely see that we are able to perhaps add a few more components to our learning materials with the older individuals.
0: I know that you also mentioned that there was a live performance coming up this year as well. It was during Christmas time?
2: Uh, We had one, yes, this past December. Uh, We also mark off the end of our year uh, with a celebration of performance. So we have a performance coming up at These Singers' Home Base, which is the Performing Arts Youth Center on Monday, June 10th at 7 o'clock. Uh, all three sessions of STAR will be participating in that performance, doing some joint uh, collaborative tunes together, as well as each session showcasing some of their own individual work. Uh, STAR will also be participating um, in the, uh, just after the Disability Pride parade, uh, by doing a little performance as well. Um, down at uh, Olympic Plaza. So we're looking forward to that as well. As well, people can go check them out this upcoming June
0: and kind of get a spiel of what your program's like. I also wanted to know with the time span of the program, is it an ongoing thing or is it a certain amount of time participants can keep coming back?
2: Well, we've been running STAR within U Singers for the last seven years. We started as a pilot project with just a small number of individuals to just get a feel for things and see, you know, how how it was going to work. And I'm thrilled to say that in that seven years, we have continued to run the program. We have expanded from one class time to two two, three, uh, into the young adult range now. So it's something that we have continued to run within the Youth Singer program year, um, year after year, which has been very exciting. Our program year runs from September to June, as I said on Monday evenings, and we've been really, really fortunate to retain a good percentage of um, of our participants year after year. So we have people that keep coming back to be in STAR each year. I also wanted to know: Can anybody support the Star Program with donations or volunteering? Well, that's a great question. Uh, you know what? Youth Singers of Calgary itself is a nonprofit charitable organization within Calgary here, and is always open for um, you know for support and donations that go toward this kind of music and performance uh, opportunity for youth. We have had some very generous uh, donations through Calgary Rotary and Calgary Children's Foundation that have come through um, to help support STAR, uh, specifically within Youth Singers. So anybody that might be in a position to be able to support not only the work STAR does, but Youth Singers in general, uh, would absolutely be welcome to contact the organization. Uh, Youth Singers' phone number is 403-234-9549, or website is www.youthsingers.org.
0: I have one more final question for you.
2: If anyone is listening today
0: and is interested in joining the STAR program, what would be the next step for people to join?
2: great question um, if anybody out there is wondering if star might be right for them or for a friend or family member that they might have in mind um, my first recommendation would be to contact the youth singers organization um, at that number or the website just to make a general inquiry anybody that's wondering about star level of level of need if there's a, you know if an individual might be an appropriate fit um, that's something that you Usually gets fielded through to me uh, to be able to talk uh, one-on-one about just to get a sense of what somebody's interests are, um, you know, and uh, where they where they sort of have had experience with choir groups, and does it look like Star would be the right fit for either themselves or their family member or friend? And through that one-on-one uh, discussion, usually the the steps toward registration, we have registration paperwork available online, and it's a pretty smooth process. That's great. Is there any final words you would like to say about the STAR program? Well, you know, the STAR program is very, very close to my heart. Not only do I have a huge passion for music and the arts and for youth singers itself, having been involved for so long, but, uh, you know, having a son who is actually a participant in the STAR program himself, this group has really given him a place to shine and share his love of music and performance, and it just thrills me that we've been able to do that. And I think the smiles we see on the kids' faces each and every week makes it worthwhile. And, you know, I really just thank you for this opportunity, for uh, learning more about STAR and you singers and featuring us on this program. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much
0: for coming on today and sharing a bit about the STAR program. My pleasure.
1: That was Jen Morton from STAR Program. They are a choir group for people with disabilities. Just a reminder that last month we interviewed Momo Movement and they have a theater show called The Mind Palace coming over the weekend of June 14th to the 16th. The doors open at 7 p.m. sharp and the show begins at 8 p.m. at Decidedly Jazz Danceworks 111th, 12th Avenue, Southeast. Tickets can be purchased online at www.generoussolutions.com. That's all for this month's episode of Accessible Airwaves. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, SoundCloud, or www.cjsw.com. Tune in to the first Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. to listen to the new Accessible Airwaves episodes. Music for this month episode was made by a local composer Mr. Eric Smith and he composed the score for the Mind Palace show thank you Eric for your music and keep it up you have been listening to Accessible Airwaves on CJSW 90.9 FM thank you very much for tuning in